When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It's the Larry Kudlow Show. Free market prosperity starts here. Now, here's Larry Kudlow. Hey, everybody. I'm Larry Kudlow. Let's reset. You can get us, uh, talk to us during the week. Fox Business, 4 to 5 p.m. every day, Monday through Friday. I know I missed it yesterday. I was underwater, bad cold, fighting back here today. But uh, 4 to 5 p.m. And, um... If you can't be there at four, you can text your favorite nine-year-old and she will show you how to DVR the show. The show does replay at 7 p.m. also. And here you can live stream us on the Internet, LarryCudlowShow.com, LarryCudlowShow.com, all across the country, around the world, throughout the solar system, including the Milky Way. So we're going to have some fun. Stock market work, huge rally in stocks. The basic theme here, I'm going to front-run my two distinguished guests just a little bit. The basic theme is interest rates down and stocks up. That's all I'll say. I don't like the front-run because that's not good radio hosting, but I kind of snuck that in. So we've got Ken Polcari, managing partner at Case Capital Advisors and chief market strategist at Slatestone Wealth. And we have Pete Nigerian co-founder of Market Rebellion and Option Monster, two of the best of the best. Uh, start with Kenny Polcari. Uh, did I get that right? Rates down? <laughs> Hold on. Uh, the two-year down 16 bips. The 10-year down 26 bips. 10 years a little above four and a half. It was close to five. Three-month Treasury bill along with the Fed funds rate is still high, 539. So you got an inverted curve, which spells recession next year. But nonetheless, the Dow is up uh, 1,644 points. The NASDAQ right. plus 835, and the S&P 500 plus 241. So the Cudlow Trust did very well this week. Kenny Polcari, what do you make of it? <laughs> I, I think you hit the nail on the head. I think you're absolutely right. They, you know, they saw this move down in interest rates and this explosion higher in uh, in stocks. Now they had gotten to a they had gotten to a a well oversold position the prior week when uh, when uh, we saw the when we saw the S&P break certain technical points trade all the way down to 4100. But I think the news this week is giving people and algos the idea that the Fed is done. But look, you and I both know Janet Yellen came to the market the other day and said she's going to bring 1.6 trillion dollars mm. worth of uh, treasuries to the market over the next 5 months. Who's going to buy all those? That's going to be the real question. So what are rates going to do when she starts to flood the market with those treasuries? And we have China, Japan, and the Treasury who have been buyers are now net sellers. So what's China, going to happen? And that's where I think you have China, to Japan, and the, your point. China, Japan, and the Fed. I started that. This was my mantra last week. It's very funny. Uh, it started with Larry Lindsay's newsletter, which I read every day. The guy's brilliant. And um, by the way, the Treasury... Borrowing committee, or whatever they're called, is predicting uh, 0.7% GDP in the fourth quarter and 1% right. next year for what that's worth. So I started, and I put that in my riff, 
And then the Speaker of the House comes on, <laughs> uh, Mike Johnson, uh, Thursday, and he, he plays it back to me. Well, you know, Larry, we've got one and a half trillion dollars of borrowing in the next six months. By the way, it is 11% of GDP. It's very funny. Uh, a lot of market analysts picked up on that. But on the other hand, uh, Pete Nigerian, you were very kind to help us on the show with the oversold condition uh, point. But really, um, is there a turning point here, I guess, is what people would like to know. Well, I, I think the one thing that we absolutely have known and continue to know, Larry, is, and I think Kenny was just spot on, when you, when you look at what's going on within the markets right now and the algorithmic uh, trading that's going on right. in the markets, it's all tied to the same thing. They're looking at the 10-year. Wherever the 10-year is going, as we go, we are going to do the exact opposite in terms of the markets. And obviously, this move from 5% was a very rapid move from 5% to 4.5%. I mean, it was incredible. And, and I think Kenny mentioned 1,600 points later. When, when I'm looking at it, Larry, one of the reasons why I say it's algorithmic is because of the fact that it's just so dead set in the exact same spot. And on top of that, we're seeing volumes like we haven't seen in a very, very long period of time. Matter of fact, maybe maybe never for that uh, when you really look at it, because when I look at the options world, we've had about five or six days in the last maybe 10 or 11 where we've gone 50 million contracts or more. Friday, we traded 58.5 million contracts. So I think there are algorithmic trades going on and getting a little bit of an enhanced move because of the fact that we're talking about the options world as well as the stock world. So when I look at a Monday up 500 points and a Thursday up 560 and then finish the week up 220, there's a lot of reasons for it. But I think the easiest one to point at right now, and it's absolutely right, is right there at the 10-year. And by the way, earnings have not been as bad as probably most people would have expected as we've mm. gone through Amazon and Microsoft and Starbucks and we continue to go on in this coming week. We've got Disney and others, but you know, it, there there have been a few that have not been great. But even those stocks now are starting to catch but, a little something, which shows me why this algorithm is right there. Names like Google that got hit because of the the issues that they had in cloud, and yet that stock's right. zooming to the upside as well. Why is that? Well, it, there's no difference right now, at least about that cloud number. But those right. algorithms are buying everything up right as fast as they can. The, the same way they sold them all two weeks ago. They couldn't sell them fast enough. Hmm. <laughs> That's a great point. You're exactly right. Why is, uh, uh, Kenny, why is Amazon revenues keep falling? No, I'm sorry. Apple revenues keep Apple. falling. Their well, business, you know, their business in China Apple, is sinking. Right. But, well, but Apple is one of those stocks, you know, that, that, that beat on the top and bottom line, but yet they gave cautious guidance going forward, and even though their revenues are down. So, yeah, they're blaming it on China. I'm not really sure I'm buying that whole thing. Uh, I think there's lots of opportunity across that other part of the world, right? India, there's going to be huge opportunity. They even said it themselves last quarter that, they're, you know, Tim Cook said that he's looking for big growth coming out of India. But China certainly might be slowing a little bit. Um, I'm not necessarily sure I, I, I completely believe uh, that China's slowing as much as they say it is. But look, it is what it is. Their products are, 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 well, are very mature. That's not a high-growth sexy company. It's a very mature company. And so I would expect that we're going to see kind of revenues just bounce out. They still made $90 billion in three months. <laughs> Multiply that times four, and it's $360 billion a year. I mean, I'm scratching my head when people sell Apple off. Every time this I'd give it all to Israel. Give it all to 360. I, 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 I'd give it to Israel. Let him whoop mm -hmm. Hamas. No matter what I Joe Biden wants to do. I'm sorry. I digress. I just thought of that. I don't know why. 
<laughs> is there a turning point in the market, though? Are we now entering a, a bull phase? Uh, I would say yes. Uh, I, well, I would say yes. I'll jump in real quick. I'd say yes because of the fact that where where we look at volatility, I, we we talk about all these other things. You know, the ten year going from five percent to four and a half percent at an incredible pace. How about volatility going from twenty three to fifteen in an incredible yeah. pace as well? And when you get that volatility, that gives more opportunity because of the fact, especially in in the derivatives world that I that I pray in, <laughs> we we see that all the time. That gives us an opportunity to have more leverage going in because prices have come down. And with that implied right. volatility, whether it's the S&P or an individual name, it's an incredible enhancer for the markets as well. So I think there's, there's a lot of different factors. I'd say one last thing about Apple, guys. The gross margin at 45%, uh, that's an incredible number for Apple. And that, that was the main number I was looking at when they came out of their earnings. I wanted to see how are they doing? How are they really healthy? Are they healthy? Are they not? They're healthy. I'm not worried yeah, about them at all. They're pretty damn healthy. Come on. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, to your point, is this the beginning of a bull market? Look, I'd like to think we're going to get this Santa Claus rally into the end of the year. But, and I'm very optimistic. I'm long stock. I haven't sold anything. I buy more. That's fine. But mm-hmm. uh, what I am concerned about is, is when we talk about all this treasury coming to the market, who's going to buy it and what price is it going to clear at? Is it going to clear at lower prices, sending yields up once again, which will then start to hammer away at, at, at stocks' ability to move higher until it all adjusts, right? Look, the market mm-hmm. can the market can deal with five percent rates. It did for most of our lives, right? So, so that's not necessarily a bad thing. But it's the speed at which it whips around, going from you know five percent to four and a half back to five percent. The speed at which that happens is what will cause kind of the some two, of the uncertainty in the days ahead. Two weeks ago, everybody was talking about market correction. A lot of these mm-hmm. indexes were down ten percent. That was two weeks ago. I mean, I do this stuff. I don't follow it the way you guys do. I look at it. Come Saturday, I know we're going to have a stock market sack. Two weeks ago, there were 10% plus corrections across the board. Now, now we're in a new bull market. I, I mean, I'm happy. That, as I say, the Cudlow Trust is in the S&P index fund, so we did well. But I don't know whether to believe this or not. I would say that some of the belief that I've got in it right now, Larry, is when we've gotten into earnings season, of course, we went through the financials rapidly at the start. But when we got into Microsoft, and that was strong, we got into Google, and actually the revenue itself was very strong. They were all, everybody was focused on the cloud. Then you had Meta. Then you had Amazon. When you go through a lot of these numbers, including AMD recently, and now Apple, these numbers are actually pretty impressive. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. the, the earnings of Apple were up 13% year over year. There's, there's a lot of different things you could... You can cherry pick all you want for the negative or the positive, but when I see a reaction like Apple where it gets sold off to 171 but actually finishes the date almost back to flat, that mm. tells me right. that people were starting to look at that and understand the numbers weren't as bad as first thought. Mm. Agreed. All right. Agreed. Take a break. Take a break. Ken Paul Carey, managing partner, Case Capital Advisors, and uh, chief market strategist, Slate Stone Wealth. Pete Najarian, co-founder of Market Rebellion and Option Monster. I'm Kudlow. We'll be back with more stocks. This is the Larry Kudlow Show. Now back to the Larry Kudlow Show. We're talking stocks <clears throat> with Ken Carey, Case Capital Advisor, Slate Stone Wealth, Pete Najarian, Market Rebellion and Option Monster. Uh, kids, one area that's very interesting to me as an indicator of the economy is bank stocks, which have done very badly this year, uh, even with the rally down 21%. Uh, 
Bank of America down 14. They're the worst. Let's see. Citigroup down 7. Goldman down 5. Wells Fargo flat. J.P. Morgan, the best of the lot, up nearly 7%, even though Jamie Dimon's selling stock. Now, last week had a huge rally in the KBW index, 11%, even though it's down year-to-date, as I said, 21%. Fellas, um, you know, you don't hear much talk about bank collapse, regional banks, uh, you know, Silicon Valley Bank, all that stuff. Is that gone? Is it all gone now? Kenny Pocari, weigh in. Well, please. I think for the big banks, I don't think it was ever a problem. J.P. Morgan and Bank of America, too, that I own that I like. Um, but I think for the big banks, that's, that's not really an issue. For the, for the smaller banks, I think there's got to be a little bit of concern out there, just depending on what we see happen with rates. But for the most part, I think that it is settled down. Anyone that was in trouble kind of has figured out a way to take care of it. I think you see some of those banks that have gotten really beaten up uh, start to make their way back. Uh, and so I think I'm, I'm being optimistic and thinking, yes, I think it's behind us unless we have, you know, this massive spike suddenly in rates that will cause pressure on, on some of the regional smaller banks. Well, Mr. Wonderful, Kevin O'Leary, who's a very good friend, Shark Tank investor. He's a good guy. And he's a smart guy. But, um, you know, Pete, he's been um, basically preaching regional banks, small banks going to get killed, uh, commercial real estate loan portfolios. Uh, way underwater because of rising interest rates and so forth mm-hmm. and so on. So you think that's overstated now, or or maybe it's not? I mean, the thing is, what if the economy goes into recession next year? Mm-hmm. Well, I think that I wouldn't be as concerned about that, Larry. I, I personally still go back a year ago when I said that I thought we were in a recession then, uh, mm-hmm. a year ago last summer. So, um, and and people, and most of the people didn't even think it was a recession. So uh, that shows you how recessions can be interpreted at times by the markets themselves. If we are in position to be a recession, not a depression, we're okay. Um, if it's depression, that certainly is, is not the same situation. But I would also say this about the regional banks. I still think there's some worry out there for some of those regional banks. And I'm not going to say specific names, but I think that there are some names still, that still exist out there where, it's not like it was this past March, but there's still people that are looking at that and a little bit concerned. And because of that, I think that's weighing on all of the different financials, all of the different banks. That's why we're not seeing the performance that we probably would have expected, I think, once we've gotten out of that situation. We certainly have bounced, but we are not all the way back by any stretch of the imagination. And I think it's because there's, there's still worry, there's still some concern whether that's right or wrong. It is what it is. And we just have to trade around that. So I'm I'm very light in any bank exposure right now, whether it's a J.P. Morgan or a Bank of America. And I think J.P. Morgan's doing well for you, Kenny, so I'm not worried about that one at all. But yeah. what I'm, what, yeah. one, the ones I'm worried about, though, are, are more of the regional. And I still think that there are some issues there that, that could become something. And I think that's why we're seeing it just nobody's excited to go in there and dive in there and just say, this is done. I need to be there. I'm just not seeing that. And that's why we are seeing them kind of just m- – just basically just barely moving along, not having a very explosive move to the upside. Uh, last one, gold and oil, Ken Pocari. Now, let's see, I gold. Like- gold's kind of done nothing, didn't do anything last week. Gold's up 9% this year. Uh, right. Oil, I'm going to use Brent crude, is actually down 1% this year. So gold and oil, what do you make of it? Right, so I like, I like both. Uh, I'm long both. I like gold. I think it continues to go higher. Like you said, it is up 9%. I think the continued unrest uh, around the world 
which, you know, which has the potential to just explode because I think parts of it are tinderbox. And then I think you'll see a, a big run to run to the ultimate safety trade in gold and energy. I th- I'm still I still think that energy demand is growing. We saw the Saudis and, and OPEC come out with, you know, increased demands in 24, increased demands in 25. We saw J.P. Morgan come out with a report saying that they see increased demand and that oil is going to 100, $125 a, a barrel. Um, and so I like energy and I don't think that story is going away. So I remain long it. And, Larry, I'd point out one last thing, Larry. Um, uranium is something that I think people should keep an eye on. Oh. We all talk about oil. We all talk about nat gas. But uranium has been absolutely an explosive move this year to the upside. I don't think it's over. I think there's still something left. And I'm talking about nuclear power here. So there's a lot of different areas that, that I think that are interesting in the energy space. But specifically, uranium is the one that stands out you most. Know, it, you know, Pete, they're coming out with all these modules, and it's right. going to be big business. Now, yeah. you it's, know, it's very funny. It's, I got three inquiries about uranium this week. People, uh, clients asking me, what about uranium? And it's funny because I haven't heard that in a while. And suddenly you just say it again now. So uh, <laughs> it's picking up its head for sure. Well, I can, these, these modules could be put up. They're cheaper, right? They're smaller. You can use them in, you know, local municipalities. Uh, yeah. I mean, some of it's <laughs> war, Iran, but let's put that aside for a minute. Uh, domestic energy, uh, nuclear power could be a big part of the story, Pete. Absolutely, yeah. and I think names like Kamiko and others are very, very interesting. And it's not just one name; there's many names. But I think uranium is something that everybody should at least have on their computer when they're looking around the markets yeah. at what they want to stare at. I'd, I'd put that on there for sure. Plus, the Bidens, the Bidens don't want to excavate for it. They don't want to dig for it. They don't want to drill for it. I love that. That's right. And it's, it, it, it's the cleanest. It's the cleanest burning fuel, and they hate yep. it. Yep. Right? The left wing yep. greenies hate hate it. They just hate it because. Wait a second. Hold on. Because they hate it. Right? That's the reason. Because <laughs> there's mean, no other reason. There's no other reason. They just hate it. There's no other reason. Right. It's great. It's part of their overall strategy. Left wingers. God help us. Fellas, <laughs> you're absolutely terrific. <laughs> I think we solved all our problems. Kenny Pelcari, known for a million years. Pete Najarian, coming over from CNBC, is doing such a great job on Fox. You're both wonderful. I'm Cudlow. We'll take a break. Money and politics next up with Liz Peake and Steve Moore. for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? 
Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org.